piece called One More Once and believe it or not this is the 32nd manifestation of the hot box here on jazzireland.ie. I'm Donald Helm and uh, that piece of music takes us back to our long running investigation of the files containing piano jazz or to be more accurate jazz pianists. Um, We're not far off halfway down the alphabet now at the stage where we're cruising really and there's really nothing uh, but sheer beauty in this file. We've reached the letter L. That means John Lewis uh, and the no relation Ramsey Lewis, Jacques Lussier, who made a career out of jazzed up classics, and the charming Ellis Larkins, and from London, Brian Lemon and Pete Latanka. And then don't forget uh, another Frenchman who played with the best, Michel Legrand. Uh, no Irish players this time around, though, uh, which is a pity, and let me please repeat my plea for anyone who knows anyone who knows anyone who has recordings or has made recordings, Irish jazz pianists. If you know pianists personally, please encourage them to get in touch. We'd love to have their music on uh, the hot box. Uh, Donald at jazzireland.ie is where you will find me. Well, enough talk for now. We need some music. I had a struggle knowing where to file this one. His real name was Henry Bird, but everyone knew him as Professor Longhair, uh, i.e. beginning in L. He was born in 1918, and uh, he was born in New Orleans. He, he um, This is his centenary year, so we certainly should celebrate that. He died in 1980. He was, uh, is, synonymous with a certain New Orleans boogie-woogie style. His most famous piece was called Tipitina. This is a live version, and I think this is the one that was recorded at uh, Paul McCartney's birthday party on board the Queen Mary Ocean Liner, which is, some of you may know, they docked permanently in Fort Lauderdale. Tipitina. <laughs> Thank you. 
said that the fact that uh, many of the rubbishy pianos that he had to play in his early years had missing notes, so he, he learned how to make sudden and interesting leaps, which, if you like, became his style. Tipitina, that was, a good example of the eccentric style of both piano playing and, indeed, singing of Professor Longhair, or Fess, as everyone knew him. Like many of his generation, particularly blacks, he'd had to scuffle for a living most of his life, but later in life he became more widely known. He gave a killer performance, apparently, at the New Orleans Jazz and Heritage Festival back in 1971, as a result of which uh, he was asked to perform the concluding concert every year at that at that event. Alan Toussaint, uh, he called Fess's style Mambo Rumba Boogie. Quite a good description. Good enough for me. Well now, what a change of pace and place. A French pianist Jacques Lussier and his trio from his recording, uh, a more recent recording, uh, Schumann's Kinderzenen, Scenes from Childhood. You probably know him best uh, as a Bach interpreter, but uh, he did stretch out in, in later life. He's still alive, by the way. I shouldn't imply that he's dead. Here we have a piece of Scenes from Childhood.
Der Dichter spricht was the title of that one, best known perhaps uh, for his Bach interpretations. That was Jacques Lussier tackling some Schumann with uh, his trio back in 2011. Uh, that would be the reformed trio. The original play Bach group broke up in 1978. This one had Benoit Dunoyer de Segonzac on the bass and André Arpino on the drums. Lussier found a popular niche in the music world and stayed in that niche He's uh, 83 years old now. He's worked with many rock musicians, uh, from Pink Floyd to Sting. And, indeed, uh, he made headlines in the year 2002 when he filed a $10 million uh, lawsuit against the rapper Eminem for stealing his intellectual property, a case that was unfortunately settled out of court, so we'll never know how successful he was in that regard.
enthusiastic crowd there in America uh, celebrating, well if that's the right word, the very last concert of the Modern Jazz Quartet back in 1974 at the Avery Fisher Hall in Lincoln Centre. It was by no means the last concert because the band reformed later but they'd uh, got fed up with each other I think at that stage. If Jacques Lussier uh, was a footnote to the greater stream of events in the development of jazz, that pianist certainly was not, even though his proximity to classical music was always evident, uh, the so-called third stream music. But uh, for me, it was ultimately his connection to the blues and his work as musical director of one of the longest-lived and seminal groups in all of jazz that made me a fan. Uh, John Lewis was his name, and there was with the Modern Jazz Quartet and the composition, not his composition, in fact, composition of his musical partner, Milt Jackson. It was called Bag's Groove. Not many... Uh, groove you get the band accompanied by the clapping audience these days i had the pleasure of seeing the mjq live on a couple of occasions including one in the uh, royal festival hall in london and there's an apocryphal story of their first visit to that venue when the general manager of the place was a man notorious man called t.e bean and evidently mr bean had no knowledge whatsoever of jazz because when the band arrived for the afternoon sound check he proudly showed them the upright piano with the front panels removed that he'd managed to borrow from the local pub. John Lewis indicated that this would not be a suitable instrument, but Bean stuck to his guns, saying that uh, they were a jazz band and this was the kind of piano that a jazz band should play on. It was said that Lewis strode over to the, pia- uh, to the phone uh, and called a New York number and said, Could I speak to Mr Steinway? Mr. Steinway was duly put on and put on to Mr. Bean, and a nine-foot Steinway piano was rushed to the venue. Lewis was, in fact, at that stage, and remained, obviously, a Steinway artist, and you don't get that kind of accolade by tickling the ivories in the local bar. Thank you. 
from that same concert in 1974, John Lewis and the Modern Jazz Quartet, with Lewis's composition, The Golden Striker, which was a piece from his soundtrack music for the movie No Sun in Venice. I took a friend to one of their gigs once, well, perhaps I should say concert, because uh, it's a better word, because they always wore evening dress to perform. And this friend was a non-jazzer, really, but he was blown away by the band, remarking that it was like being inside and watching the workings of a Swiss watch. Good analogy, I thought, for a band that really taught the public how to listen to the details of a jazz performance.
sounded like one of those wonderful late night sessions when the band is in hot form and doesn't quite know where the next note is coming from. A rousing performance though by uh, the French composer and pianist Michel Legrand with a cracking band, Ron Carter on the bass, Grady Tate was the drummer, Randy Brecker on trumpet, Phil Woods on the alto and uh, the guitarist you heard there at the end was Joe Beck. Uh, Recorded I suspect, as I said, late night at the St. Regis in New York back in 1975. The piece was a Le Grand composition. He called it Splitant, which, if my French is good enough, means let's get out of here, or let's split. Uh, Le Grand is, of course, best known uh, for his movie music. Uh, uh, Wikipedia tells me over 200 movies and TV shows accredited to him, but as you could hear, uh, he's a formidable jazz pianist too. He's 86 now. I don't know whether he's still performing live I did, uh, to an audience. I don't think he is. He's 86, anyway, good, good age. Um, this, though, is a much, much younger person. This is Harold Lopez Nusa. Thank you. 
Fantastic stuff there. Africa was the title of that one from Harold Lopez Nusa. Uh, in case you didn't guess, he comes from Cuba. Uh, Drysa Dorothy, who was the percussionist and also vocalist. Uh, Alan Alani Wade on the bass and Rui. Rui Adrian Lopez Nusa, which is his brother, on the drums. That's from his album uh, El Viaje, in, which was produced in 2016. Uh, Africa, as I said, was the title of that piece. Harold Lopez Nusa, the pianist, the composer and the leader. He's a native of Havana. He now divides his time between the USA and Cuba. He seems pretty comfortable occupying that musical territory too. Classical training, Cuban rhythms and forms and jazz sensibility. A major talent, I think, and we're going to hear much more of him as we get older. Uh, a major talent. Um, and uh, so is Kirk Leitze, much, much older man. He was uh, 81 now, I think, and frequently described as a jazz legend. Uh, this piece is from uh, Kirk Leitze's album, 1991 album, made with Kevin Eubanks uh, on guitar and Rufus Reed on the bass. The whole album is a tribute to Nat King Cole, a big influence on that generation of piano players, of course, and indeed on singers. Uh, all Nat King Cole fans will certainly recognise the best is yet to come. Some mighty guitar playing here from Eubanks as well. Thank you. 
Very classy stuff from the Kirk Lightsey Trio. Kirk is a native of Detroit, incidentally, and of course the song was The Best Is Yet To Come. And still staying with the standards repertoire, we'll now make this short hop to London in our pursuit of piano players filed under the letter L. We come to Brian Lemon. Alas, uh, he died four years ago, but he's left a mountain of recorded material, all straight-ahead music, magically played. He must have been one of the few jazz musicians for whom a whole record label was actually founded. John Boone was a big fan, a businessman who decided to set up Zephyr Records, uh, particularly to record Lemon. He did record other people as well, but I think uh, Lemon actually recorded 30 albums for John Boone's Zephyr label. Um, This track, as it happens, is from the very first one. Thank you. 
Perfect example of that relaxed, middle-of-the-road style, complete relaxation. That was a twofer, of course, exactly like you morphing into Van Heusen Mercer's classic I Thought About You. Dave Cliff was the guitarist, Dave Green on the bass, and Alan Ganley on the drums, and the pianist was the late Brian Lemon. Now, if I said to you uh, to name the music that Leanne Ledgerwood was likely to play, you'd probably say country and western, wouldn't you? You'd be wrong, though. Leanne is a fine jazz pianist whose career, alas, has been blighted, uh, just as it really took off, in fact, by uh, her battle, a long battle with breast cancer. She's still alive, still playing, I'm glad to say, and she's back in form. I don't have her most recent albums, but I do have Compassion, which um, he was her first solo offering on the Steeplechase label, showing off her warmth and her wonderful pianism. Uh, bar one track, it will. It was all compositions by John Coltrane, and I've picked one that will be familiar to all of us. Resolution.
Leanne Ledgerwood there with John Coltrane's Resolution. Fine player. She hails from Ohio, I believe, but uh, I presume she's now based in New York. I may be wrong. Um, we can't leave the L file without referencing one of the great old masters, Ellis Larkins. Um, and as it's another solo outing, I hope you're nicely mellow at this stage listening to the hot box because uh, two solos, I don't normally put two solos side by side, but um, this is really splendid. Larkins was uh, the, the only the second pianist that was ever included in that marvellous and uh, only partially available series, Maybeck Recital Hall done by the Concord label when the Concord label was an independent label. And Ellis Larkins uh, was, was a minimalist player, really. Uh, his most prominent work was as an accompanist, uh, notably two albums with Ella Fitzgerald, including the marvellous uh, Gershwin album in the Songbook series. So I guess it's not a surprise that uh, in, in his recital, in the Maybach recital room, he should have included this one. <laughs>
an exquisite arrangement there of Gershwin's Lady Be Good. Did I mention relaxed swing? Wow. Ellis Larkins at the Maybeck Recital Hall. And we're going to round out the L file now with another Lewis. Uh, no relation to John that we heard from earlier. Ramsey Lewis who became a star in the pop firmament back in the, was it the 50s or the 60s? He um, had hit records, Hang On Sloopy and Wade in the Water being the biggest ones that I can remember, thereby, of course, arousing suspicion amongst dyed-in-the-wool jazzers that he'd somehow crossed over to that other place. I'm very happy to say he's still playing at the age of 83, and he, he likes to make music still that a, a wider public can enjoy and identify with. I've gone right back, though, not from his new stuff, but... Uh, go right back to early stuff to his original trio which had L.D. Young on the bass and Isaac Red Holt on the drums it was recorded in his hometown which is Chicago at the Blue Note Club uh, a legendary club that alas no longer exists there so here's Old Devil Moon from that date in April 1960 <laughs> Thank you. 
old Devil Moon there from the original Ramsey Lewis trio back in 1960 and it falls to him to close the file labelled L for jazz piano players because old devil time is being called on this edition of the Hot Box. There will be another Hot Box along in about two weeks during which time you can keep yourselves completely up to date on what's happening jazz-wise in Ireland by logging on to jazzireland.ie and while you're there you can catch some good sounds from the Hot Box archive. We have every show that we've ever done and from the two local radio shows that are there too great stuff so see you next time if you have been thanks for listening